Side Hustle Show 340, Affiliate Review Sites Done Right, How to Turn Your Own Curiosity into Helpful Content and Affiliate Commissions. What's up, what's up, Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because questions with a little love and attention and strategy can turn into cash flow. It was a seemingly simple question that got today's guest started down his side hustle path, and that was just, what's the easiest way to build a website? Robert Brandel is a German entrepreneur now living in Spain with his wife and twin 16-month-olds. But 10 years ago, he was working full-time, wanting to travel, and was just trying to figure out, how do I get a blog online? So he turned to Google, but was disappointed with what he found. Nobody was doing a great job answering his question and comparing all the different options. With that, WebsiteToolTester.com was born. This is Robert's flagship affiliate site that now has in-depth reviews on all the top website building software. Like, fine, if nobody else has answered this, I'll do it myself. And I invited Robert on the show because this is a really common side hustle business model, the affiliate review site, right? Write product reviews, hopefully attract some organic search traffic, and then collect your commissions when somebody buys through your link. We saw this most recently in the physical product space with Kieran McRae in episode 313, where he was reviewing mattresses and other sleep-related products. But like most businesses, there's an art and a science to doing this right and building a truly helpful resource like Robert has. And he's applied the same model to a number of different niches too, including email service providers, live chat tools, and more. You can see the whole portfolio at tooltester.net. Stick around in this episode to hear how Robert structures his review content to make it easy to consume, how he optimizes it for SEO, and how you might apply the same strategies to an affiliate review site of your own, or even just to review content on your existing blog. Notes and links for this one, plus the full text summary with all of Robert's top tips, are at sidehustlenation.com slash tester. Now, what does Robert have in common with other Side Hustle Show guests? In addition to his willingness to take action, he's got the natural curiosity of a lifelong learner. Since you're listening to this, I know that's a trait you share too. I want to introduce you to our sponsor, Skillshare.com, the online learning community for creators. Inside Skillshare, you'll find more than 28,000 expert-taught online on-demand classes in marketing, business, and tons more. You're sure to find the exact material you need to take your skills and business to the next level, and to satisfy that inner curiosity and creativity. Side Hustle Show listeners can unlock two months of free unlimited access and start leveling up your skills at Skillshare.com slash Side Hustle Show. That's Skillshare.com slash Side Hustle Show to check it out for free. Did you know that 85% of self-made millionaires read at least two books a month? I'm usually a pretty good reader, but I'll be honest, I'm a little off that pace so far this year. We all know reading is important, And we also know we're never going to get through our entire reading list. This is where our sponsor Blinkist can help. The Blinkist app transforms the key insights of over 3,000 best-selling nonfiction books into powerful packs you can read or listen to in just 15 minutes. That means you can unpack years of research and wisdom from some of the best minds in the world in CliffsNotes form, either text or audio. Head on over to Blinkist.com slash side hustle to start your free seven-day trial today. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash side hustle to start your free seven-day trial. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this chat with Robert after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. I was looking for a new challenge right before our work week, as probably a lot of your followers did. And then I wanted to do the, the nomad thing, like traveling Asia and working and I didn't have a, a clear idea what I wanted to to write about on my website. I wanted to create like a travel blog or something like, like that, what everybody seems to do these days. But back in 2009, it was surprisingly hard to create a website. So there were tools around like Dreamweaver and I think WordPress was barely existing. Well, probably it was existing, but not as big as it is now. So I went on Google, as as we do, and searched for easy ways to create a website. And that was, 2009 was just the time when, when these website builders picked up momentum, like Weebly and Jimdo. What would be an example of a, of a website builder? Are you talking about WordPress? Are you talking about like Wix and Weebly and stuff like that? 
the website builders like these names like Squarespace and Weebly. And I found a couple of them and they, they looked interesting enough that I gave, gave them a try. And basically what I did was I put a free website even together. I think back then it was WebNotes, the website builder. What I did was to put reviews of the website builders I found online because there was nothing really, there was no good content existing back in these days. And then I, I just collected the information, published the website, and to my surprise, people were searching for it. I think back then it was mainly the brand names because the website builders, they did some advertising and then people got interested and started searching for them. And that was my first traffic. And I think after one month, almost exactly, I had my first sale, which was like, I don't know, $20 or something like that in commissions. And I got really excited. And then the next month, I think it doubled. And then over several months, it every month, it, it doubled. And then I think after only four months, I was even confident enough to quit my job and to go in full time on this. The nomad thing never materialized because I almost at the same time as I started the business, I met my now wife and yeah, she wasn't into the nomad thing. So she gave me two months of backpacking and yeah, and then that was it. <laughs> then she's like, okay, let's Let's settle down. I can't handle this life on the road all the time. Yeah. I mean, I negotiated that we move to, from Germany to Barcelona, which is also quite cool. And I'm very happy with that. There you go. And now, and now Barcelona is the home base. So you start out testing these different website builders. Are you still thinking that you're testing them with the premise of, okay, I'm going to build a, a travel blog at the end of this? Or is it like, no, I'm just testing this specifically for the purpose to put up these affiliate reviews? Yeah, it's more about testing. But what is really important, I think, and what also makes us different from the rest of the review websites is that we, when we can, we use the website builders. Like our company website, the overarching tooltester.net, we created it on Wix.com because it's just, it's a very simple website with only a couple of pages where you don't really need WordPress for. I don't want to deal with all the uh, WordPress updates. It's just a, a a very simple portfolio website that stands there and I don't really want to deal with it. I want to do updates from time to time. Yeah, I don't need something really fancy. And this way, we have other websites that we run. Like my wife runs a Weebly websites. She has got a website about the museums of Barcelona because she is into museums. I think as a company, we have a lot of experience with these website builders and that is what makes us different, I think. And so it was just a matter of creating these in-depth reviews. So how did you test them? Was it before you had this, you know, overarching brand to say, okay, well, now I can build a, a Wix website and I'll use that as my case study. Like what, what types of sites were you building as your test case? You can't always build a, a fully functioning website that you then also use, not always at least. And sometimes we do use like, a standard case of a website where we test several things like photo galleries. We test the blog, whether there's an online store and how good it is. Yeah, we, we have like a checklist that we go through and that's also reflected in the review. You can see there's a table where we test like ease of use, templates, SEO and all these, these features that all the website builders have. And we just go through this list and write our comments, give our star rating. And the good thing is if you have it standardized like this, you can also very easily compare it to the various website builders with each other. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. So you can say this, this is how this one compares to this in this specific subcategory. I did a Similar thing for my review of Active Campaign last summer. I was kind of just going through their own internal navigation. Like, here's what the contacts section looks like. Here's what the forms section looks like. Here's what you can do inside of automations. Here's what you can do, what you can do inside of campaigns. I'm just kind of breaking it down that way, provide some structure for that type of thing. If you're writing those types of reviews, I imagine that the website builders are similar to that. Yeah, I think also the pricing page is a good indicator what features there are. So if you're looking for features, then you can also check the pricing page. Okay, perfect. Did you do anything proactively to market website tool tester or was it literally just like nobody else was writing about this so you were going to gobble up some of that search traffic? 
in the beginning, it, it really was like that. There was uh, hardly any content. And to be honest, I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't have too much experience about SEO. That, that came a bit later, like soon enough that I uh, could also compete with other SEO websites. But in the beginning, it was really like that. Yeah, I guess that was a bit of luck. But yeah, when we launched something new today, like create a new blog post, the process is, of course, very different. We start with the keyword research, we analyze our competition, and this way we, we can say 90% for sure that it's going to be a success or not. So we, we can be really quite sure if we're going to hit the top spots in Google, which is pretty cool. Well, absolutely. I mean, if you're going to spend your time building something, you want to make sure you at least hit the first page. Would you mind sharing what that process looks like today? Basically, you need a good SEO tool. If you don't have a good SEO tool, you're already lost, sorry. So what we use is Ahrefs. I guess a lot of people know it already. It's it's not very cheap, but it is really worth the money. Yeah, basically, you type in your keyword in, in or your keyword idea in Ahrefs, and it gives you back the search volumes, which are very precise, I find. Much more precise than the what Google Keyword Planner gives you. And yeah, basically then you, you work out, they give you a keyword difficulty score, which is a number for, uh, in between one and 100. And yeah, obviously you don't go for the 80 plus keyword difficulty scores. Is there a minimum or maybe a maximum difficulty score that you're saying like, okay, this is something that's worth targeting? Because now I'm curious because you, you're the, you're the website tool tester, like the next website tool builder, or website building software that comes out, like, you kind of have to write the review on it to be the authoritative site on the topic. Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Does it matter what the competitiveness is at this point? It does matter for sure, but Website Tool Tester is a pretty strong website. So we are competing in the 60, 70 plus keyword difficulty score for some keywords. Because you've built up that domain authority over a decade. Yeah, exactly. But of course, if we can avoid it, if there's a, a term that has high search volume and a lower difficulty, then we absolutely go for the lower difficulty one because uh, it's just going to be much faster. We do, uh, don't have to do as much link building. You have to pick your, the right fights, basically. Is there a minimum search volume that you're looking for? 
depends a bit on the yeah how lucrative the market is. Like for example, today I launched a blog post about rank checkers. You know where you can track your SEO performance and your ranks in Google. I think this keyword only has like 250 searches per month. But I guess when you have sales in this space, because it's also recurring commissions, I think it can be worth it. But normally I would not go for something with a volume like this. I think a thousand searches is much better. But it also depends on the commercial viability of the keyboard. Okay, kind of considering buyer intent or searcher intent, like how far along in their purchase decision-making cycle are they? They're like searching for best rank checker tool and you have affiliate relationships with those rank checker tools, then yeah, that makes sense to if you can convince somebody to buy this one over the other one and and collect a commission on that. When you were starting out, did did all of these different companies have kind of off the shelf affiliate programs already in place where you could kind of scroll down to the footer of their website and says, hey, you know, affiliate partners, you know, join here? Or did you have to kind of cultivate those relationships in-house or, you know, set up private deals? Most of them, they actually did. That's what also made starting so easily. I was quite happy that I didn't have to like call them and ask for an affiliate program because when a company doesn't have an affiliate program, it can be very hard to get them to start one. Sometimes they, they understand the concept, but very often they also, they don't really understand how it all works. And then it's a bit of a struggle. And then when they set, set something up that doesn't really track correctly, uh, that's also not very rewarding because they will never pay you anything. Right. It kind of becomes on the honor system, which I've done a handful of times. And if you trust the company, it can work We're like, oh, mention referral code, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they'll track it internally on their back end or, or, you know, let us know you heard about us from this site. But you're trusting both the customer to punch that in and help, usually it works better if you give them an incentive, like mention this code for 10% off your first month or something. So you're trusting the customer to punch it in and you're trusting the company to report back, oh yeah, we had three sales last month. Yeah, generally I wouldn't trust too much in, in the customer punching something in. I would really avoid that. If, if it doesn't work through a tracking link, I, I think it's usually not working that well. When you're looking at a new niche today, are there any competitive red flags that, that go up? Or is it, what kind of criteria are you looking for to say, okay, this is a new kind of authoritative site that I want to build. For example, the email tool tester or the live chat tester, those types of sites. Yeah, basically you have to check what does the competition look like and what is the quality of their content. I mean, you always, always have to offer something that's better than what's already out there. And if I can't make sure that it's going to be better, then I may as well not do it. And yeah, the other thing is, of course, you have to monetize it. And for that, you need affiliate programs. And from industry to industry, it's very different. Sometimes they all have affiliate programs, which, which is fantastic. And in other cases, none of them has affiliate programs. Like, for example, form builders, Wufu and, and these type of tools, hardly anyone has an affiliate program. So it's, the competition is low, but it's also the earnings potential is not that high. So it's not a super interesting industry to to go after. Yeah, and of course, it has to be interesting. If If it's an industry that is super boring that I would fall asleep over, then it's also hard. I mean, of course, I can hire someone to do it, but if I'm bored, like after reading the second piece of content, yeah, maybe not such a great idea. Yeah, and, and you're approaching each of these as like, well, I'm going to be a user of this tool first, and I'm going to write about it second. And so it's like, yeah, I have a uh, use case for it, and I've got to be interested enough in it to now spit out 2,000 words of review content to say, like, yes, this is worth your time or not. What is the structure of the site? If I mean, this would probably be better in visual, but if you can kind of describe maybe the the top-level categories and then the individual post pages. So the individual post pages that I see on email tool tester, for example, would be like active campaign review. Like that would be an example of an individual post page. But I imagine you have kind of higher level categories like best autoresponder service or best email service. Yeah, basically we have a, a ranking page, which is like 
the best email marketing services where we list all of them and also put up short profiles where you have a link to the to the in-depth review. So that is is the ranking table page. And then you have the individual reviews where you have the full content, you have video, you have the, the ranking table that I mentioned before. You have pros and cons, you have alternatives to the tool in case uh, somebody doesn't like it. Then you have screenshots, yeah, all, all types of content formats. And I mean, of course, it depends how competitive, again, the, the industry is. But in a, in a very competitive industry like newsletter services, you need to, to have the full program of, of content in place. Like especially, I think video is very important these days, professionally produced videos, I have to say. Yeah, basically it ends then with the comment section where people can also ask questions about newsletter services or website builders and we do our best to answer them. I think that's also something that makes us different because a lot of websites, they, they just don't answer comments or they don't even have them activated. It's always good to have comments because they also produce new content for the page and Google likes that. Okay, do you have it set up that the user... Comments are just out there comments, like they're not submitting their own votes for their experience with that tool. Like, oh, I give it five stars for usability. User reviews, we do have them for website tool tester. But to be honest, it doesn't seem like the, most people are searching for that. It, it seems like more people are looking for the experts review I don't know why, because in, in certain industries, I think it's also very popular to have actual user reviews. But in our case, I don't know why. It seems to be not the case. Okay, yeah, that's an interesting one. Especially, if, I mean, this is what has made Amazon Amazon, among other things. It's like this giant database of user reviews, and that's primarily for physical products, but curious that for kind of digital products and software, you said like, People are more interested in okay. What is the what is the expert people at at the tool tester site think about this? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe it's a difference of B two C and B two B. I I can't tell you for sure. You mentioned the video reviews or kind of the product demos, which is really helpful to kind of see behind the scenes. Like, here's what does it look like when you actually have an account and you're trying to tinker with this stuff and set it up. And thank you for sharing that. Like, okay, you know, we have these professionally produced videos. Are you seeing that as almost like a checkbox requirement for each of these reviews that you create, each of these pages that you create? We've got to have the video. And what kind of traction are you seeing like YouTube versus Google SEO on the videos? Yeah, these days we usually have a video review. I don't think for every single website builder that we have on Website Tool Tester, for example, it depends also how competitive the review keyword in this case is, but it is more and more a requirement and also have it like professionally produced. In the, in the past, we used to all of the employees at Tooltest, we did our own videos and nobody really was an expert. So you can imagine it wasn't, I mean, I think the, the videos weren't terrible, but they were certainly not the highest standard. And now we have a, a video producer who only does videos. And of course, the quality is much, much better. Very happy with that. How are you structuring that if he is not a user of the product? Like you're just providing him a script? Yeah, we, we create a script. You have to think through all the steps that you are going to show and, and create a script that yeah, fits this process. And then I, I will have a briefing with him and explain him all the steps. And he needs access to all the accounts, obviously, so that he can do the recordings. And yeah, basically, that's, that's how it works. Anything special that you're doing relative to YouTube to get those videos some traction in that algorithm? That is actually a good question because I have a video that I'm currently struggling with. Like we updated the review and the old review is still ranking, but the new review is absolutely not ranking. And I don't exactly know. I think it's also backlinks are a factor and comments and views, of course. But of course, you first need to get views to the video so that it can rank. YouTube is a, a different beast than the regular Google search. Yeah, I was always curious about that, because if I have an old blog post from 2014, I can go in, update it, and 
just republish it, change the date to 2019. I don't know if I can do that on YouTube if I have a video from 2014. If I'm like, well, this is outdated now. Let me slide in new content under that same video ID, under that same listing where it keeps the the stats and the view time and everything else. No, uh, you you absolutely can't. <laughs> no, that's not possible. And that's uh yeah, it's pretty frustrating actually. I, I already did like in the description I linked to the new video and, and I did what I could. And obviously on the web on our website we we embedded the new video and completely removed the old video. But yeah, I don't know why it's not ranking. Do you have a target word count for your reviews? I think it's often very different when there's a lot of competition. I think it can go up like our Shopify review, for example. I think it's more than 5,000 words, which is really long. It's probably our longest review we have on, on the website. But then other reviews, they are not as long because the competition is not as strong and probably the, the commercial value of the review is not as high. So we, we just don't invest as much time to cover every single aspect of the tool. Yeah, at a certain point, you want to get people to click over to the tool and, and start their demo and kind of set your affiliate cookie. Tell me about some of the different tools and plugins you're using to structure the content on the page itself, because these are really beautiful pages. It doesn't even look like a blog post in a lot of ways. It's like got cool star ratings table in the sidebar and this little call to action button. It's got scrolling sliders for screenshots and like this kind of dynamic pricing table. Compared to the reviews that I've written, this, this puts me to shame because it's like, it looks, mine is like a text paste and, you know, then I'll throw in the video that I did, but it doesn't look anything like this. I'm curious, you know, some of your favorite <laughs> tools and I, I don't know, I mean, you're the tool tester guy, so you probably have tons of these, but like, how are you presenting this page in such a way, or if somebody else wants to build a review type of site, what kind of tools or other helpful things might be worth considering? Yeah, you're right. It's it's not a blog post. It's a fully custom template. So we got a design for it. So we went to the designer, told him like we want all these elements on our review page. And then he created it and we used this design and gave it to a programmer and he programmed it for us. So it's a it's a custom page type. It's not a blog post. It's something very custom made. And I think one plugin that is very useful to create that kind of content is ACF, Advanced Custom Fields. That is pretty powerful. But to be honest, I'm not a developer, so I, I can't really explain you too much about it. Remember, I'm, I'm the guy who needed a website builder to create his own website because can't really code. But the secret, I guess, is that you have people who are able to code for you. Is there a table plugin that you're using just to create these star ratings and these checkboxes and all this kind of stuff? Or is that all custom coded? That's also custom coded using ACF. Yeah. Okay. Fancy, fancy. I've been using a plugin called Table Maker, I believe, to kind of create some comparison charts for a site of mine, but it doesn't look anywhere near this fancy. So maybe I need to connect with your developer guy and, and restructure some of my review pages because they look awesome. So you can check them out at emailtooltester.com is the site that I'm looking at right now. It's just one example, but really in-depth stuff. I don't think our, our program is a magician. So I, I think it's pretty standard stuff. You All you need is a is a good idea, good good concept, and then you get a design created, and then you give it to a WordPress developer who has some experience. But I don't think you need a, an A player, Ace, who charges $500 per hour. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like 
LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Today, are you doing any, well, I guess today or in the beginning, are you doing any proactive link building for the site or is just like, hey, we're going to put up the best possible review that we can for a particular topic and trust that the algorithm is going to start to work in our favor. Are you doing anything to build links to that page? We do, we do, yeah. When you hit the top spots of Google, when you when you picked your keyword right and the competition isn't too high and you really get to the first three positions, ideally, of course, the, the first position, then the beauty is that you also get backlinks just because a lot of people are seeing your content. So that is a nice way of getting organic links, but it's very competitive, some of our reviews or industries. So we, we need to add links ourselves as much as we can. And for that, yeah, we basically use guest posting. We're working with an agency who does a bit of guest posting for us and also outreach. Yeah, we, we've tested a couple of them and still, yeah, we're not sure if we've found the, the perfect one yet. They're also pretty expensive. So you can waste a lot of money. For a site with this, it's like a very commercial site. Like it's a, you take one look at it. Oh, this is an affiliate site. It's a really well done affiliate site. But have you found that more difficult to get guest posts? Because it's like, you know, now I'm going to link to my review and I know you're making money on that. It is true that getting guest posts is not that easy. I think you need a, a lot of good and well-written posts out there already on, on authoritative websites that they even consider posting something from you. If it's a big website. But I mean, what you can do is if you have uh, affiliate partnerships with these companies, then at least you have contact to the affiliate manager and, and usually they can help you if you want to post something. So that is maybe one tip. Oh, for example, you could write for the active campaign blog. Yeah, they may not always be happy uh, like posting a link to the overview website, our ranking table that we also list competitors. But yeah, maybe they would link to the review. It, it doesn't work in all the cases, but yeah, maybe you, you have a blog post where you write about something a bit different than newsletter software, and then they would take happily take a blog post about newsletter software. So yeah, you, you have to see what, what could be a good fit. Okay, interesting. That's you get my, my gear spin a little bit on some guest posting strategies because oftentimes these sites probably have a pretty healthy domain authority too. So that could be a good backlink. Hey, you know, check out the full review. By the way, we test all these different tools. As long as you're linking back to one that doesn't feature their competitor, perhaps more favorably, then maybe they'd be open to that. Yeah. Uh, speaking about link building, there's one tactic we tried and it did work pretty, pretty good. And that is broken link building. I guess a lot of people know what it is, but uh, I'll explain it briefly. So in our case, we found uh, a tool that allowed you to 
preview your subject line. So it was for email tool tester. So you could preview your, your subject line in, in different mobile devices like iPhone and so on. And that was offered by Litmus, a company that does like this kind of testing. But then they eventually they stopped offering it and they even deactivated this whole page. So they had a lot of backlinks that were now going to error pages, basically for four pages. Seeing this, we thought, ah, we could maybe build our own subject line preview tool, which we then did. And yeah, we, we put it up there and then we, we targeted all these websites that were linking to this old tool that doesn't exist anymore. And of course, they are much more responsive to you when you're helping them out with a resource that they they are trying to show, but they can't anymore because the, the tool doesn't exist anymore. So I think it's a pretty good strategy to do that. How do you figure out all the sites that are linking to that old broken 404 page? Yeah, that that is a pretty much a standard feature of any good SEO tool like Ahrefs. You can dive into the backlinks uh, that this URL has, and then you download your list, and then you you just start sending emails to them. Hopefully personalized emails and not the standard rubbish that you often get these days. All right, I'm learning I'm learning stuff. Was the site originally written in English or German? Both website tool tester and email tool tester they they were the first version was German actually. That's why it's still the .com is still the German page which which really annoys me. I would have loved to change it, but SEO wise it's it's quite tricky to to do these type of redirects and so on. But yeah, English came afterwards that uh, that's why the English version is under slash en. Okay. Did you find a certain benefit of creating fully separate translated versions versus just like when I land on a page that happens to be in a different language, which doesn't happen often, it's just like I'll use the Chrome built-in translator. If you want to rank in, in Google DE, for example, the German Google, that won't be possible if you have a Google translation. <laughs> okay. It's got to be, it's got to be written in that, in that language. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it has to be written in a proper German, not like some crappy Fiverr translated German or something like that. So, so yeah, I I tend to spend top dollar on my translators that it's really, really good professional content. So how many different languages is the content available in now? For Website Tooltest, we have seven languages. I think the last edition was Portuguese. And yeah, email tool tester is three languages, English, German, and Spanish now. Okay. Is there a minimum threshold of search volume in a particular language that you're looking for before you say, okay, that's worthwhile to undergo that work and an investment to do that? Yeah, for example, for email tool tester, launching the Spanish website, we didn't find a ton of search volume, but yeah, we we still thought it's worth it because, I mean, Spanish companies, we are talking about the Spanish-speaking world, which is quite big. They must be interested in sending out newsletters. So um, maybe the tools are not always perfectly accurate in non-English-speaking markets. So that's why we went for it anyway. And yeah, being in Spain, it's obviously it's easier to get a Spanish website uh, launched. So you just kind of create a duplicate version of the site just under a subdirectory like the English version is slash en. Yeah, but of course you need to localize the content so that it's not just a one-to-one -one translation from English. For example, for Spain, you, you should ideally show euro prices and not US dollars because then it doesn't feel right if a, if a Spanish person comes there and only sees dollar prices, then it's like they don't really feel right there and that these are all the little fine tunings that you have to do in order to be successful in a different market if i'm starting a new affiliate site today and i'm writing it in english what languages would you prioritize duplicating that to first personally of course i would go for german because i speak it yeah i think you should pick the language that you are familiar with. I think for Americans, that often is going to be Spanish. But 
Yeah, just a word of warning Warning with the Spanish-speaking markets. Um, they often look very attractive because you have this whole world, uh, hundreds of millions of people speak Spanish, but very often I, I notice that the purchasing power is not that high. So I tend to be disappointed by my Spanish ventures. It's not always the case, but I think there are more attractive languages to go after. For example, German. I think the purchasing power is much higher in German-speaking countries, for example. Okay, so you might you might see a lower traffic, lower search volumes in German, but higher on average purchasing power. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Okay. Well, what percentage of the overall revenue, if you have an estimate of this, like comes from the secondary translations of the site? Mm, the biggest part definitely comes from English. Then it could be maybe 50-50, like 50% English and, and all the other languages together, 50%, something like that could. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is next level stuff. Like obviously build out the site to be an excellent resource in your native language first. But then as you're looking for growth opportunities, hey, there's, there's this whole big world out there. Again, got my, got my gears spinning on this stuff. It's interesting to think about how I would go about doing that and you know what languages to prioritize. Because some people have reached out and be like, oh, could I help you create the French version of Side Hustle Nation? And I was like, I don't know. You know, is there that much? Is it worth it? You know, is there that much search volume? How do you do it so you don't cannibalize your SEO? But you're saying like, okay, for Google.fr, if that's French Google, it might be, then you want to have that content written in French. It's an interesting proposition. I think in your case, it's more difficult because you, you are the face of Side Hustle Nation. And the problem is you don't speak French, so you can't like, really talk to French people. Of course, you can translate it, but it, it's going to be a bit difficult. French people are also going to check the About Us page and then, okay, it's an American, it's all French, but still like... It seems a bit remote then. I think this type of thing works better with a website that is not as personal as you, as yours. I think if you have a, a tool review website, that probably works much better than... Uh, yeah, you're kind of reviewing these softwares that serve customers globally. So that makes, that makes more sense. Fair enough. Robert, what's next for you? Where do you uh, see this stuff going? Well, I'm always looking for my next challenge. So it's always exciting. Like back in the days, I had my first employee, then I, I suddenly had four more employees. So yeah, I, I tend to get bored with things. And then I used to always try to start something new, but now I, I'm, I'm more channeling my excitement in, into the existing business and, and always look for new challenges. And yeah, like I told you with the, the SEO agency and all that is new stuff and it's exciting. And yeah, maybe the next challenge could be to buy another website or make an acquisition of, of some other affiliate review website. Who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm following the office and so far I haven't found anything that I would consider ideal to buy, but yeah, that's, that could be next. Fair enough. That's, I'm glad you brought that up because some, someone asked that recently. How do you, how do you deal with like getting bored? If you're, you know, especially if you've been working on this stuff for, for 10 years, imagine, you know, tomorrow often is going to look a lot like today, but you say, okay, I'm looking for the next challenge. Like there's always that ongoing challenge of how to grow it and how to take it to the next level. And maybe that's through acquisition. Maybe that's through a new project, a new website, kind of under the same brand umbrella as you built a really cool brand at Tool Tester. But there's, there's never, never a dull moment in the entrepreneurial life. I don't know. I don't have to worry about getting bored for, for a long time. There's ideas for <laughs> enough to keep me busy for a long time. Robert, appreciate you joining me again at tooltester.net. If you want to check out the home base on that page, you'll find links to all the different tool tester kind of sub brands, website tool tester, email tool tester.com or a couple that we talked about in today's episode. You can go check out how those are set up and structured for affiliate sites done right. And let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Well, my number one tip actually is your number one or is your tip because a, a few episodes ago, I uh, listened to how to use your unfair advantage. And I really, really liked that show because I think every 
body of us, each of us has their own particular unfair advantage that nobody else has. For example, mine, I would, I would say that I speak German and English and, and Spanish also. So I can run this, this international, well, empire, quote unquote, of websites and also, yeah, the, the experience in email marketing. And I think every one of us really has an unfair advantage. And if you don't have one yet, then just get a job and working in a, in a job is going to give you insights that 99% of the population don't have. So yeah, basically find your unfair advantage and use it to the, to the fullest. Really, really double down on it. Appreciate you sharing that. Use your unfair advantage. I like how you've combined the multilingual skills plus this experience in email marketing to build out some truly helpful websites and some truly lucrative websites for yourself as well under that affiliate marketing model. Robert, appreciate you joining me and we'll catch up with you soon. We're more than 300 episodes deep into the Side Hustle Show at this point. And a common trait among my guests is they never stop learning. Maybe that's an unfair advantage in itself. The most important skill is the skill of learning new skills, right? To that end, I want to invite you to join the millions of side hustlers, entrepreneurs, and professionals who are stepping up their skills with the help of our sponsor, Skillshare.com. Skillshare is the online learning community for creators like us. With more than 28,000 classes in social media, marketing, business, and more, you'll find countless ways to fuel your curiosity, creativity, and career. Everything is online and on demand, though, of course, I recommend you practice just-in-time learning, that is, checking out the courses that are going to make the biggest impact on your business at that time. You can check out the extensive catalog for yourself to see what I'm talking about at Skillshare.com slash SideHustleShow. Through that link, you'll be able to start a two-month free trial to test drive the service and see if it's right for you. Let's skip the Netflix tonight and go do some learning. Once again, that offer for Side Hustle Show listeners is two months of free access at Skillshare.com slash Side Hustle Show. All right, my top three takeaways from this call with Robert. Number one is what can you review as the expert or what can you become the expert in? I thought that was an interesting point. Like for product reviews, we can just go to Amazon and get a consensus for what the crowd likes and doesn't like. And Amazon will even give you the, uh, you know, Amazon's recommended choice or here's the bestseller badge for this specific physical product. But for specific business or software tools, we might find more value in an expert review. I probably wouldn't go into the niches that Robert's in because there's a lot of competition and he's already a really well-established player in multiple languages even. But the cool thing is there are always new niches popping up. Like his website builder idea didn't exist 10 years ago, right? Started as a personal pain point, couldn't find a ton of information out there. So he built that resource. What could you become the expert in? What emerging tech might you be able to become the expert in? You don't necessarily need to be the expert right out of the gate, but if you can build a consistent process for testing and reviewing and comparing products, that would be helpful to other people in their decision-making process. It was actually a really similar story that got me started with one of my affiliate sites. I was looking for information on outsourcing and hiring and really couldn't find a ton of info on which services were legit. So I slowly built out that resource, kind of a, a Yelp or a TripAdvisor for virtual assistant companies. That site actually predates Side Hustle Nation by a couple years. So that's takeaway number one. What can you review as the expert or what can you become the expert in? Takeaway number two is to offer something better than what's already out there. That was a really important soundbite from Robert. Don't just clutter up the interwebs with more Me Too content. Build something better or build something different. Remember Jonathan Mintanza from Choose FI. If you can't be first, be different. In the case of Robert's email tool tester site, this was the site I wanted to build for at least the last eight or nine years. It made a lot of sense. I saw the importance of email marketing. I was a user of some of the tools myself. And most of the services had attractive recurring commission payouts, right? You make sure there's an affiliate side to this too. In fact, I remember riding a shuttle bus to some party at a commission junction conference. That's one of the big affiliate networks. And I'm sitting next to the affiliate manager for GetResponse, one of the email service providers. And I'm telling him about my grand vision for this site. Like, here's what I'm going to do. It's going to be awesome. But I never took action on it. I never made it a priority. One way to create something better than what's already out there, depending on the niche, is to show and not just tell. 
Robert's doing that with his videos and other material that kind of give you a look into what each tool is really like as a user that builds his authority and credibility, but is also really helpful for the potential customer who's browsing his site because they can kind of look over his shoulder and imagine themselves using the software. It gets them one step closer to clicking that affiliate link and signing up. So think of all the potential questions somebody might have and then do your best to address those in the review content. Do it better than what's already out there. And takeaway number three for me was to fight boredom, think of the next challenge. If you're bored today, something is wrong, man. There's always more to do. There's more to work on, more to learn. There's the next hill to climb, the next challenge. I liked how Robert framed that. Even though he's been working on this business for 10 years, there are always new challenges. Maybe it's hiring team members. Maybe it's making new videos. Maybe it's uh, testing a new SEO strategy. Maybe it's starting a new side project, a completely new website. This was similar to a listener question I got recently about dealing with burnout or boredom. But I think Robert's answer to think of the next challenge is probably a more succinct answer than what I gave. For me, when I've faced business burnout or fatigue in the past, and it's been a lot of years since this has happened, I wake up today every Monday like really jazzed to jump back into this stuff. What gets me energized and excited again are a couple of things. You know, hearing from customers, like knowing you're helping people and making an impact is always really motivating. And then developing systems of automation or delegation to just stop doing the work that I don't like. I gave this example in my TEDx talk in 2014, but a really proud moment for me was building this Excel macro to take this five minute report formatting chore into like a five second automated symphony of flying rows and columns. It was, it was beautiful. In today's business, it's hard to get bored because there are always new side hustle stories to share and episodes to record and experiments to try. I've also committed to the Teachable Creator Challenge this summer, in which I have until the end of August to create an online course of my own. It's kind of like the old motivational hack of, you know, signing up for a 10K in a couple months, like nothing like a deadline to inspire action. That's takeaway number three for me, to fight boredom, think of the next challenge. Once again, for links to all the resources mentioned in the full text summary from this episode, please visit sidehustlenation.com slash tester. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show, where you'll meet a pair of moms who have a unique and highly profitable take on the Amazon FBA business. I'll see you then. Hustle on.